Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. This is Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at the International Risk Management Institute. In this episode, we bring you a snap talk from the 2022 ERMI Construction Risk Conference titled Using Safety as a Pre-Qualification Metric by Philip Casto. He's a Risk Services Manager at Hub International. You'll learn how to move pre-qualification beyond experience modifiers to ensure you are hiring contractors and subcontractors that proactively manage, measure, and improve their safety performance. All right, good morning, everyone. The intention of using safety as a pre-qualification metric is that when you're selecting a contractor, subcontractor, vendor, basically anyone that you're going to do business with that you would typically have some type of a pre-qualification process for, the intention here is to use additional metrics, right, to gather additional data. What we find is that when contractors make decisions on who to subcontract work to or who to engage into, into business relations with, quite often there's a pre-qualification process that is focused on financials or previous history of work or the capacity to get the job done. And those are all very, very important things to focus on. But the, the unfortunate part is that we don't always choose a contractor that has the same appetite for risk or the same expectations for project safety, project risk management. And so today what we want to talk about a little bit is how to get some additional data points to have a, a more robust set of data to make your decision on uh, when it comes to selecting a, a contractor or subcontractor. So I think we, we can all agree that more data points is going to allow us to make a better educated decision. Right? If, if I only collect a couple of points, it, there's just not enough there. It's, it's, that's all there is to it. There's just not enough there. So I think we can all agree that contractor selection is um, one of the most important decisions for any project. Right? The contractors that are selected to actually perform the work, I don't want to say the most important decision, but it, it's right up there. Right? It can certainly get sideways on you quick. So what we typically see is that there are only a few indicators that are collected as far as um, what we'll call safety data points, if you will, right? Safety uh, metrics, if you will. And the ones that we typically see collected are what we call lagging indicators. They're a snapshot of the past. They don't anticipate how the contractor is going to perform on site. They don't give you any insight into how the contractor is going to perform on site. It is literally just a snapshot of the past. So when I look at an experience modification rate, right, that's Unfortunately, I'll say it again, unfortunately, that's the bar most contractors are utilizing, right? Tell me if your experience modification rate is above or below the industry average. And, and based on that data point, I will determine if you're going to be able to work safely on my project, right? Man, it's just a terrible data point, right? It's just terrible. If you talk to the folks from NCCI, they'll say, don't use the EMR. It's not a safety metric. That's not actually what it's supposed to measure, right? It only measures comp performance. And, and even then, there's there's limits and variables, and it gets quite complicated, uh, or at least more complicated than we're going to cover in today's class. But what we often see is, is um, when you subcontract and you, you need to find smaller contractors, right? You, you, you're out of a... We often find that the EMR numbers, they, they tend to punish smaller contractors simply because they don't have the man hours to offset a single incident. That, that's all there is to it, right? It doesn't necessarily indicate the culture at that company. It indicates one injury sometimes, quite frequently. Very, very poor metric to use on its own is the EMR. You blend it with some other metrics, it's got some value. It does have some value, right? All these metrics have some value. 
Um, I just want to make sure that we understand that some are going to be better than others. Some are just a snapshot of what we've previously seen. You think the, so I think the EMR is kind of a poor place to start, but then let's talk about the OSHA data, right? The OSHA data is also a terrible place to look. Um, why should we look at the OSHA dart rate, the OSHA incident rate, right? Uh, at least their rates, right? At least their rates, the dart rate and incident rate, uh, the recordable rates, right? At least their rates, so they've got that going for it, but it doesn't really tell me anything that's going to happen in the future. It's just what happened last year, two years ago, three years ago. It doesn't tell the story of a contractor who you know, got a big job and, and had to scale up manpower for, for three months, for six months, and then had to scale it back down, right? It doesn't really give me the, the picture of, of what happened. The one that I especially love to see is the history of OSHA citations. I don't want to say history of OSHA citations is pure luck, but it's a lot of luck or, or bad luck, right? I've got clients uh, you know, across the U.S. and I met with one uh, earlier this year. They've been in business for 20 years. They'd never had an OSHA inspection. So how many citations do you think they had? 20 years. They're in rural central Illinois. They never had an inspection. They just never, they're like, oh, nah, we don't really worry about that too much out here. Not around, not around these parts, Phil. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so it looks great on paper for a contractor like that. I've got other uh, general contractors, street and road contractors. They're in the public eye, right? They do jobs next to the area offices or in that neighborhood, right? They've got a compliance officer that lives near where their office is, right? They, they, they get inspected three to five times a year. That's normal. You get bigger jobs, you get more jobs. You, you might get inspected 20 times a year. So it's not a really uh, a great thing to ask, do you have a history of OSHA citations? You might want to put a rate to it and say, what's your, what, what's your rate of inspections to citations issued? That, that would be slightly more fair, right? That'd be a little bit of a better metric than, do you, have you had any citations in the past five years? And if you have, explain them to me. Sometimes we don't even get the explanation. It's just, it's just that's a checkbox, yes or no, right? Anyways, um, so these are lagging indicators, right? This is things I'm looking back at, not really telling me a whole lot about what's going on in the future or the direction that we're headed or, or anything like that, right? The other thing to look at here is when you want to grab some more data, lagging indicators still, but can you get uh, loss ratios from your subcontractors? Is that something you'd be interested in, right? Not something we've traditionally asked for, but certainly something to think about. Have they had some significant issues uh, maybe on other lines outside of uh, comp, right? That's typically all that we're looking at when we pre-qualify. So something to think about, right? If they have a terrible you know, auto loss ratio or, or uh, have they had tons of property or, or inland marine losses, right? Do they, does their equipment regularly get stolen, right? Is, is, that, is that something that might delay your project? Yes, that is a way projects see uh, disruption at least, right? Um, other things you can look at uh, that are lagging indicators are going to be a company's disciplinary action program, right? If you have safety violations, and everybody does, how do you hold people accountable for that? What's the process for accountability? How do we gather this type of data? And accountability can actually be a leading indicator metric as well. When I talk about accountability, I like to expand it, not just to you know, disciplinary actions, but who's accountable for the safety on site within your organization? What do you do to ensure that the individuals that are accountable for it are being measured on it? So is there an employee review process and you get an annual review with everybody? Is safety a metric that's reviewed annually? Is there an actual lever to say, hey, listen, your project's 
performed poorly from a safety standpoint. You had injuries, you had losses. How is it that I've got three foremen uh, that consistently have a higher frequency of injuries and losses and, and 10 that have a lower frequency? Right? You can target that. You can hold people accountable to it. Uh, it's just another metric to gather. Anyways, when we go back to uh, pre-qualification, anybody here ever hire somebody? Anybody in the hiring process, right? We've all at some point in time probably hired somebody. Well, when we choose a contractor, that's what we're doing is we're hiring them. And um, they give us this great resume, right? You take the resume and you go, all right, this person looks great on paper. I've had a lot of people that looked great on paper that came into our office and we interviewed. They, they, they couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time, right? And man, you, I don't know who even wrote your resume for you because this thing is fabulous, right? Really good job here. All right, this is, I, this is really nice. Nice work. Um, you're not probably going to work for us because you, you, it's not going to work out. But when we choose contractors, we do the same thing, right? A lot of time it's, it's, a, it's a paper trail, right? We don't actually take the time to have a physical interaction with them. Um, so to take that qualitative data, right, the quality of the contractor, you have to make a conversation out of it, right? Ask some open-ended questions. Tell me about your risk management program. Tell me about the goals you guys set on a project basis. Tell me about how you develop site-specific safety plans for projects like the one you're going to work on for us. Ask some open-ended questions, and at the end of a short interview, maybe 20, 30-minute phone conversation, grade it. Right? Grade it. How well do they answer the questions? Um, do I want to give it a numerical, a, a percentage, an ABC, you know, whatever I want to do? Grade it. Be able to put a number to it. What was your kind of feeling about that contractor as far as their appetite or their ability to come on site and perform work safely? Right? If, if you say that, um, um, tell me about your process for hazard assessments. You know, what, what, what do you mean? That's a red flag, right? If you can't talk to me a little bit about doing a, a job hazard assessment, a task hazard assessment, whatever your company calls it, there's 50 different names for a hazard assessment. I don't care what you call it, but if you're pre-qualifying a contractor and they've never done this, or, or they give you the response, and I get this a lot with you know, middle market subs, you know, we do those when the generals require us to, right? We, we do a weekly toolbox talk and a job hazard assessment and a stretch and flex on all the jobs where the general says we have to do it. Right. So, so here's my middle, right? Here's my middle. I get it. You, you've been through this exercise before you understand how to do it. Whereas another conversation might go the other way. You've never heard of this. This is foreign to you. There's going to be a learning curve here. If we bring you on our site and expect you to do this, but the top of this would be, yeah, we do those on every project. We actually drive that behavior, right? So when you're trying to evaluate a, a contractor or a subcontractor, Ask yourself, at what level are they performing when it comes to safety and risk management, right? Are, are they doing what they're told and comfortable with it? Are they driving the metric? Are they, are they keeping track of that? Or is this going to be something new to them that uh, the learning curve is going to be on our project? Uh, other leading indicators, right? When you talk to them, ask them to tell you about their educational program. You can get this on paper as well, right? Tell me about how you train your employees. Do you do site-specific orientation? You do a, uh, a new hire orientation. Do you have an ongoing curriculum uh, for employee training and education? Where's the bar at, right? What are you doing here? You find that a lot of contractors have a very informal process for this, that they don't have like a training matrix per se that, that they uh, um, are putting all their employees through. So it's something to consider when you get, they get onto your site. Again, if they've never been educated, if your site orientation is the first time that, that they're going through a formal 
process, it increases your risk on site. Especially important with contractors that have a high opportunity for loss, right? You get your crane contractor out there and they never did any operator training or rigger training. You're going, man, I'd really like to see some of those trainer cards that say that this guy's not just your brother, uh, that he's actually been through a class, something like that. So anyways, really important to do. The other thing I like to look at is uh, near miss metrics, right? Near misses, near misses. We've all seen the accident pyramid, right? On the bottom of the accident pyramid, I've got uh, 10,000 unsafe X. At the bottom, I've got a fatality. Or excuse me, at the top, I've got a fatality. At the bottom, I've got the unsafe, right? Typically, we're looking and we're saying, all right, I see that you're tracking what you're required to legally track per the OSHA regulation. Congratulations on keeping it legal, right? Now, what else are you tracking? Are you tracking near misses? Are you tracking the opportunities to prevent a loss before there's an actual loss? And you'll find that contractors, again, you can kind of gauge how well do they do this? Do they do it themselves? Is this internally driven? Is it something that's more of a, uh, a third party that they, they will be willing to comply with? So anyways, you get a much more comprehensive picture of the contractor that you're thinking of working with if you have a more strategic goal here to get, a, to get the right questions in front of them. And so that might be a specific questionnaire, it might be a process that you guys have developed internally, but not having a process for it means that when you hire a contractor, you don't necessarily know what you're getting. And then when they hire a subcontractor, you have less control over it. And when they hire a subcontractor, you have less and less control over it. And so if you don't start robust at the top, you're not likely to get where you want to be at the bottom. So you get this data from your uh, contractors, right? You want to quantify it, right? It's qualitative data. You're trying to get the information out. You need to be able to determine what type of a score or grade that individual contractor is going to get. And then the most important thing, and typically the most overlooked thing, is that that grade, that number, that, that quantifiable um, metric needs to be incorporated into the decision to award a bid or the decision to award a project, right? So what we typically see is that when companies are getting the right data, the risk manager, the safety director, they're not in the room when the decision is made to award a bid. And that's another thing that's frequently overlooked is that we don't have the right data to make a good decision. And even if we did have the right data, we don't have the right people in the room to make the decision. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's part of the strategy to select better subcontractors, select better contractors. And um, that was what I want to talk to everybody a little bit about. Just to kind of go over the process, safety is an absolute important metric to keep track of, uh, and it should be a part of your contractor selection process. Thank you all. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the ERMI podcast recorded live at the 2022 ERMI Construction Risk Conference. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to automatically download future episodes and consider sharing these with your friends. Thanks for listening.